Welcome to The Lowdown, KMXT's new daily show dedicated to giving you the up-to-date information we have available on the COVID-19 outbreak and how it's impacting life on Kodiak Island. The Lowdown will focus on the facts as provided to us by local and state officials. During the show, we give you access to local officials and experts on COVID-19 and community actions related to it. If you have questions for our guests, please email them to lowdown at kmxt.org or call KMXT at 486-3181. You can find a list of upcoming guests on our Facebook page or on our website, kmxt.org. Audio from each day's program will be posted on the website. I think we're on the air. <laughs> this is going to be one of those shows. Holy smokes. This is definitely Mental Health Thursday. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for tuning in today. It is Thursday, Mental Health Thursday. And if you haven't already heard, Evelyn Wyszynskis is responsible for the weather that we're experiencing today. <laughs> she can explain a little bit more to you about that when it's her turn. <laughs> On Thursdays, once a week, we bring in counselors to talk about serious stuff. <laughs> and, and then maybe the next week we bring about some other people to talk about fun things that you can do to help you get through this uh, shutdown. Today is Counselor Day with two professionals, one Heidi Barrett, who's uh, back for, uh, for another uh, fun <laughs> session of the Thursday <laughs> Lowdown, and Evelyn, Dr. Evelyn Wojcinskis, who's making her first appearance. <laughs> so thanks for that. Uh, we're going to be asking their specific tips in regards to dealing with a lot of different issues we're all facing right now. We have a <laughs> we have a lot of questions that have been submitted already. We've been talking about some different issues here before the show. So uh, we always have time for yours. If you have a specific question that you'd like to ask either of these two uh, professionals, uh, shoot us an email or give us a call, and we'll try and get your question answered before the conclusion. Welcome. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Thank, Good morning. Thank you, for, uh, thank you for cheering up my morning already. <laughs> Already, that's yeah. Good. Let's talk about <laughs> anger. <laughs> Let's talk about anger and stress and and all those things that you people have to deal with all the time. That's oh, always fun. Yeah, it is, isn't it? You have the solutions for all of us. So here, within forty-five minutes, by the end of this, we're going to solve the problems of the world. Okay. Yeah. What, what? Why don't? Why don't I start? Okay. Okay. Um, one thing I'd like to say is that um, uh, it's not unhealthy to feel stressed. Uh, we're all feeling stressed, and that's normal. It's a human condition. Uh, things change. Things don't work. Uh, we have to. Uh, we're threatened in some ways, uh, and we feel stress. Um, so don't think that um, you're unusual or weird. Uh, because you're feeling... just for that reason. <laughs> well, pardon the technical talk. <laughs> uh, is there? A, is that a clinical? You know, is that's, that that's a diagnosis? A, that's right. Weird. Yeah. Um, uh, stress is normal. A good part of stress is uh, positive. It's enervating. Uh, enervating. Uh, it gets you to do things. It gets you to write that paper. It gets you to um, have the energy uh, to go in and, and, and play basketball. Um, and up to a certain point, uh, production is increases as the stress increases. However, there's a limit. For each of us, it's different. And after a certain point, uh, an increase in stress becomes non-productive we start falling under it. Um, it's, what, it's not the stress so much as what you do with it that becomes important. Um, change in itself is stressful. Um, we can't do things the way we used to. There's a new normal. Um, we can't maybe sell our goods like we did. Uh, there are far more um, stressful specific examples I know but just in general any change 
is going to be stressful. Uh, one of my favorite books is um, uh, a tome uh, called Who Moved My Cheese uh, by Spencer Johnson. It um, really has to do with making changes when you have a choice. Now here, we don't have a choice in a lot of things, but we do, like I said, have a choice in what we do with our energy and our stress. Um, perception is important. I was giving Mike an example of if you wake up thinking it's going to be a dark, rainy, ugly day and you're going to be miserable the entire day, you will be. Uh, it's a self-fulfilling so and, and you thought of that this morning when I you did got up. when I got up, yes, yeah. and thought of coming in here. And then you opened your little eyes, and you looked out the window. And I saw, well, well it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> well, Evelyn, we're all going to ask you to do something different tomorrow. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll write it down. Now, talk, to me about the che- talk to me about the cheese. I mean, what, oh, you know, okay. what's the cheese book about? Why is it so important to you? Well, it's, um, it's about change and making changes. I hate change, um, <laughs> personally. Do you? Yeah. Um, I have to readjust in my, the same old things that have worked in the past. All of a sudden, I have to do something different, and that takes energy, takes creativity, and I don't want to do that. Uh, but... I have to, for instance, uh, psychotherapy. Um, I'm not seeing people face-to-face in my office right now. I'm on a teleconference with them. Uh, One, I hate computers. Um, Two, there are glitches all the time. And I hate not having the personal, actual personal contact. But that's the best thing. Uh, That's the only way to get a therapy session done right now that's let's let's talk about that a little bit Mm -hmm. because Heidi's been in before with a number of the other counselors in town so she's already had an opportunity to tell people where she works and what she does and how their procedures have changed Mm -hmm. and you haven't been here and maybe people in the audience don't know who you are and what you do in the community and what you're what your practice is like, so maybe we can talk about that a little bit so people put it, put it in context. Oh, okay. Um, I'm a clinical psychologist. I do counseling and psychotherapy and sometimes um, evaluations, consulting, and I'm in private practice. My office is uh, in the same building as the Rookery, and that um, places it for most people more than the address would. Yeah. Um, and I see individual uh, adults, sometimes children. Um, I do a talking therapy. I do um, EMDR, which is eye movement, uh, reprocess- eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, um, which is primarily for trauma but works very nicely for a lot of other things. Um, I do a lot of relaxation training and uh, problem solving, teaching these skills to to people. Um, I see families on occasion, couples, um, anyone who might call, uh, except for those people who need medication, um, I will see uh, I will see them for psychotherapy, but I do not prescribe. So um, a local physician might be doing the prescribing and, um, or a psychiatrist, and I'll do the um, uh, talking therapy or the teaching therapy when it comes to relaxation and, and problem solving. I'm also on the uh, CISM team uh, in Kodiak. That's a critical incident stress management uh, team, which is a combined Coast Guard and um, town uh, team that goes in when called uh, to crisis situations when people are having difficulty uh, getting over a specific crisis, primarily 
for first responders, such as uh, physicians, nurses, uh, fire departments, police, Coast Guard rescue, etc. So you've been in town practicing for 30, 40 years, right? Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. So change is tough. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once planted. <laughs> talking. Are we doing talking therapy right now? I don't know, are we? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm feeling better. Good, good. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to bill me for this then? <laughs> so, Not if you don't bill me for advertising. Is it walk-in traffic normally? No, no. Uh, by appointment only. Okay. I, I uh, see a lot of people through the employee assistance programs. Uh, they will refer to me. I'm on um, at least two EAP lists. I, I receive uh, uh, referrals from physicians and Coast Guard. Um, and some people just know me and call. Uh, but I, I have to... It's a one-person office. Yeah. Used to be... One person and a dog, but not now. Um, <laughs> but it's a one-person office, and so I can't really do walk-ins. Huh. So how has your practice changed then in the last two months? <laughs> I am on video uh, video conferencing yeah. with uh, a lot of people. Um, my practice has gone down uh, considerably. Some people don't like, well... A lot of people don't like uh, the impersonal nature of uh, video conferencing, even though you can see each other. Uh, it's not the same. Um, and other people are, are uh, staying close to home um, and not even doing the video conferencing. So it's, uh, it's down. Is it concerning you, though? Not personally, no. <laughs> but community-wise. I mean, are you thinking that there's people out there that 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 would benefit from service now that aren't just aren't doing it because of video conferencing? Well, they may not be seeing me. They, yeah. they may be seeing other people who are more well known, such as Cana Providence, um, the health center, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't really know if everybody's. Um, uh, caseload is down or, or not. Maybe Heidi could tell us that. Is yours starting to move up, Heidi? I, it's interesting. It kind of goes up and down. You know, at the very beginning, um, it seemed like we were getting more patients calling us and, and making contact. Then it kind of went into a slump, and now it seems to be picking back up again. Um, I agree with Evelyn you know, that person-to-person -person contact is really is one of the reasons why I became a therapist because yeah. um, I really um, like that. And I really, you can really see the change happening in people when you're working with them one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and it is harder um, doing video conferencing. We we also at the clinic do um, phone consults. Those are even more difficult because you can't yes. see the person at all. And you sometimes get to a point where um, I've said something and I'm not hearing any response at all from the person. <laughs> and then I'm wondering, oh my God, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> That happens in my house a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, Evelyn made some really great points about stress. And um, I think people need to remember that these are stressful times and to kind of give ourselves a break, you know, to lower our expectations a little bit. We're all dealing with so many changes and, and things are so different. And this isn't a time to really be um, beating ourselves up because we're not doing enough or, or um, 
being down on ourselves because we're not doing things as as well as we think we should. I've talked to a lot of parents who are homeschooling, and they really struggle with that. Which sure. struggle with trying to be the perfect parent, the perfect teacher, you know, all these things. And I think people just kind of need to give themselves a little bit of a break and and just say, I'm doing the best I can. Is this situation that people are finding themselves in now close to the kind of uh, responses you see as a result of a trauma? Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, stress is stress. The body is um, is wired uh, to feel stress and to demonstrate it in certain ways. So this, in a sense, is trauma, maybe with a small T for some. Uh, if you're losing your job, big T. <laughs> so yeah. what, what are some of the techniques you would use to try and get somebody out of this? Out of or through it? You know, through trauma, post-trauma situ- situation. You know, you're you're de- you're dealing with a, a a traffic accident or or something cataclysmic. You know, and the EMTs and the nurses. You're assessing a situation afterwards. Some people react totally different than other people, mm-hmm. um, and there must be a trigger that you're looking for for somebody that's experiencing more trauma than others, and that seems to me like, okay, treatment is required for that person. Well, treatment is pretty broad. Uh, At least I see it that way. Treatment can be talking with someone and brainstorming uh, what they've already tried, uh, what they haven't tried yet, um, maybe teaching them some relaxation, um, teaching them some problem-solving. Um, it can be at that level, and um, sometimes over the phone helps uh, a lot uh, just in, in doing that. Not every call to a, a counselor or a therapist uh, results in 10 years of psychotherapy. Uh, it can be brief, um, again, teaching tools that they can use to help themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. And um, so as as people know, and maybe Evelyn knows, our practice in the clinic is very, very focused on brief interventions. So we are really looking at seeing people possibly eight times is kind of the norm for brief interventions, but we can see them longer if need be. And then we also can refer if we feel like they need to have more than what we can offer. Um, But Evelyn's right. People sometimes um, just need some very focused um, problem-solving skills, some skills to help them relax, and even just um, kind of common sense information. Mm -hmm. I um, have talked to a number of people when this whole thing started um, and they were so focused on what was going on and watching the news and being on Facebook and all this other media. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I would say is stop doing that. Yeah. Watching the news, get off of Facebook, get off of social media. And, and uh, you know, if you need that information, go to a reliable source. Mm-hmm. And I would talk to them maybe the following week and they would say, yeah, I took your advice and I stopped doing that and I'm feeling much better. (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes it's really that very practical, small things, small changes that work for people. But then again, like Evelyn says, treatment is very broad. People need different things. You know, some people need medication and therapy. Some people, especially people with substance use disorders, need to go to actual inpatient treatment you know so there's not just one one size fits all it's really looking at the individual and working with them and trying to help them uh, figure out what works for them 
Okay, so let, let's focus a little bit on the indi- individual first. Um, the individual that feels like things are sort of getting out of control. Um, well, let, let's turn it to you first. You know, if, if you're dealing with yourself, feeling like this situation that we're in now is uh, becoming a little overwhelming, how do you personally uh, deal with it? You're looking at me, so I imagine... Well, just because you were first. <laughs> because he knows that you're having problems, I'm, I'm going to charge you for this, too, Evelyn. <laughs> you can call my... me Dr. Mike, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess first thing is to identify when... Um, when things are getting to that point, uh, for instance, how many times have I forgotten my keys? How many, when I'm not functioning the way I usually function, uh, assuming that my usual level of functioning is adaptive. Is <laughs> <laughs> <It was> adaptive? <laughs> <laughs> Works. <laughs> yeah. First thing is to notice that. Uh, now, individuals may have, have to have friends tell them when they're not functioning uh, at the level they usually are. Uh, Irritability, um, sleeplessness, uh, any changes in in that respect. And then personally, I try to back off and take a lot of deep breaths and probably uh, get outside and try to think of what's going on um, and why it's going on and can I do anything about it Um, if I can do something about it what can I do if I can't how can I adapt Um, and I was going to say go yell at the dog after that Uh, but um, I, I try to work that do that and hope it works if not, I do it again. Do you ever seek outside help? I'd like to sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Heidi? Um, so for me, uh, irritability and anger are the things that come up for me if I'm starting to get out of whack. Um, and if I start feeling those things, I really need to do kind of a self-check and and try and figure out, like Evelyn was saying, what's going on and why am I feeling this way? One of the things, interesting things that happened to me at the beginning of this crisis was um, I was going along for a couple of weeks feeling like, um, you know, just doing my job and just trying to adjust to what was going on and moving forward. And all of a sudden was feeling very, you know, very emotional, very angry. Um, And I had to look at what was that about? And for me, what I discovered was, you know, while I'm helping other people, I'm also going through this myself. Mm -hmm. There's stress there. And just like I said earlier, I needed to cut myself some slack and say, it's okay. It's okay if you're feeling a little overwhelmed. It's okay if you're feeling... um, like you're not performing to the top of your game. It's okay. Give myself a little break. And then, of course, you know, reach out to other people, mm-hmm. family, to friends, to talk about what I'm feeling and what I'm going through <clears throat> and, um, and figuring out what are things that are going to help me. And I love to get outside. I love, um, First of all, I love living on Kodiak and the access we have to the outdoors. We are so blessed here. Um, Even when the weather is like this, it doesn't matter. Um, You know, I love being outside. I love going for walks. I try to do that on a daily basis. I try to get out, go to the beaches, go hiking, do those things, because that's really what fills me up and helps me, um, helps me kind of work through things. So... Yeah. I'd like to add that friends are very important also. 
you don't always need a therapist um, to talk to, but a good friend who you can share things with and who can be objective with you. Mm -hmm. And say, you know, Ev, you're... Uh, um, you're unhinged. Okay, that the word? yes, that's good. That's no. te to use a technical term. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that that helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, laughter works sometimes, doesn't it? It works a lot of times. Um, How do you video conference with your friends, though? You know, I mean, is there, don't you have the same problem you have doing yes, therapy? Yes, 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 yes. Um, I mean, we get used to it, and, you know, when you move away, and that's the only access you have is a phone, yeah. but they're still there at the end of a phone. Mm -hmm. But now if it's the lady that lives down the block, you know. Um, Everything is harder. Yeah. Yeah. But you can adjust. Well, I've heard of people doing this. Um kind of getting together in their cars and setting <laughs> their cars up so that their their windows open to each other and then visiting that way. Right. <laughs> there there's all kinds of fun Talk things about... <laughs> people are doing to adapt, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Talk about creativity. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what if if somebody is uh you know, just overwhelmed, you know, they've got They've got a job that they're worried about. They're dealing with kids at home now, homeschooling, um, and, uh, you know, you're cooped up. You know, what, what, kind of, what kind of, what should that person do to try and break out of it, you know? Well, some people are, get refuel uh, by being by themselves, and some people refuel by being with people. Uh, to those people who refuel by themselves, take a step away, walk. Um, get some alone time. I would suggest for families who are cooped up together that everybody uh, kind of build in alone time for each person uh, so that you're not being face-to-beak face with uh, the same people all the time and the stress of that. So some alone time. For those people who are extroverted and uh, refuel with other people, I guess they get in the car and get a bunch of their friends and, and talk from the car, um, <laughs> <laughs> as Heidi said. <laughs> but you have to stand back. Um, maybe and look at what you can eliminate. Can you eliminate any of the stressors? Can you, again, it comes down to what can you change? What can you not change? If you're out of a job and you, you, you have no money coming in, you can't change that. But you might be able to change what you do with that little money you, you're getting in. Do you take out a loan? Do you eat um, rice and beans? Uh, problem solve. Problem solve. Yeah. I think you wanted to talk about perception a little bit more than the waking up and knowing it was going to be bad, though. There's a. How can perception alter your reality? Um, well, if you if you see a dog and you've been told that dog is um, a sneaky uh, cur and um, will bite you at any moment, you approach that dog differently than if you're told that um, the dog is a friendly guy and will lick you to death and uh, love you. Uh, your perception, your, your expectations uh, very often um, fuel your feelings and how you how you behave if you believe that everything is coming uh, and is going to be worse uh, then it's going to be harder 
to deal with everyday situations. Standing back, gaining some distance, and, um, and thinking about how can this be one of my favorite things when I'm going through an awful situation is, uh, okay, how am I going to tell this to friends years from now? Gaining some distance. Uh, humor. Uh, boy, am I having fun now, said sarcastically. Um, Are you talking about this show? <laughs> this too, yes. I'll talk about this in the future. Uh, <laughs> um, but um, so, And sometimes changing your perception, what you say to yourself, will eventually work to help change your mood. Uh, if you say to yourself, boy, this is hard, I'm not going to get through it, um, everything is, is uh, gone to blazes, um, nothing is the same as, as always, and I am so sad, um, that may be true, and after you've said that, you got to say something different, such as, hey, I'm going to get through this. Uh, if you have a favorite song that you say that you sing to yourself in your head um, that's motivating for you. Do that. Um, and eventually you can change your mood that way even if you don't believe it at first. What we say to ourselves, what we anticipate, will change our mood and therefore will change our behavior. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about anger. That's a big thing now. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of anger in the community. There's a lot of anger on social media. There, you hear anger on the news all the time. Um, how do we individually deal with it? And uh, yes, anger is a funny emotion, so to speak. Um, one. Uh, we're triggered to anger whenever we're um, threatened. Behind anger, very, anger is, can be kind of a, uh, a mask behind which we feel maybe vulnerable, maybe hopeless, maybe scared, uh, maybe a lot of things, um, but we show it, in, we feel it as anger. Uh, whenever we have changes, we feel anger. We'd like to be angry at something, someone, for doing this to us, for putting us out, for um, making us have to adapt. How do you get angry at a virus? Can't even see it. So it becomes displaced, and we get angry at each other. We're irritable. Um, we get angry at um, political forces, whatever they are. Um, and that anger is often shown in extreme. Um, we don't like being confined. We get angry. Um, it's very normal. Again, it's normal, but how we deal with it, uh, what we do with that anger, with that energy. Anger is energy. And what we do with that energy uh, makes a difference. Um, working it off. Um, going somewhere secluded and just yelling, uh, throwing rocks at the beach, uh, whatever. Uh, admitting to yourself that behind your anger is a feeling of extreme vulnerability and unpredictability. And that's scary. So it's easier to get angry. Heidi? Well, I agree with what Evelyn said about anger. One of the things that um, I often tell people is to act instead of react. <laughs> because when we're angry, we have a tendency to react. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to yell, I'm going to, you know, punch the wall, I'm going to do something like that. But if we can take a pause and step back and think about what what is behind this anger and what do I want the outcome to be? Um, like Evelyn said, it's energy and we can use that energy to create change. Um, 
Evelyn was talking earlier about perception. And one of the things I was thinking about is the Chinese have a character that symbolizes crisis and opportunity in the same character. And I think if we can look at what's happening right now, it is a crisis, we're all in crisis, but what are the opportunities that might come from this? And that can give us a different perspective mm -hmm. and feeling like I'm trapped, I'm not able to do the things I wanna do, I'm angry because I'm trapped. Um, you know, and looking at it like, what are the opportunities that are here? You know, one of the ways to really get outside of yourself when you're feeling um, not so good about what's going on is to try and help somebody else mm -hmm. in whatever small way you can. And that can be as simple as just being kind, you know. Um, if you're trapped with somebody who's really angry, I think Evelyn had a good idea there too about, you know, setting up that space where you can have some private time and you can really regroup and figure out uh, what you need to do. Um, so that might be as simple as, uh, you know, having a space in your house where you can go and just spend a half hour being alone and doing whatever it is you need to do. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you're trapped with somebody and you're having uh, <laughs> disagreements all the time, um, we talked earlier about setting up safe zones, you know, so maybe a safe zone is we don't talk about um, how angry we are, but what's happening at dinner time or we don't do that when we're having our game night. We just concentrate on that. Um, so there's different ways to deal with anger, but um, it, can be, it can be an opportunity to really look at ourselves and figure out ways to, to deal with it. I also agree that sometimes you need to go to the beach and smash some rocks. Smash some rocks. <laughs> smash some rocks, yeah. Smash some rocks. <laughs> Uh, one thing, Heidi and I have been talking an awful lot about uh, introspection, um, taking, standing back and looking inward. Um, counselors learn to do that lots. Um, we have to um, because we, we need to know um, what's going on inside of us in reaction to um, our clients. Um, so we're used to saying this, you know, and we're used to doing this, but a lot of people may not be. Um, give it a try. Whatever you find there when you look inside is okay. Uh, the anger, the bad feelings, the bad feelings toward your family who disagrees with you, yeah. whatever it is, it's okay. <laughs> And uh, doesn't have to be as scary as it might seem. We 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 are a divided society mm. now. You know, there's a lot of anger that comes out of that. You know, there, you, Heidi, you mentioned social media and the news. It it just seems like it's getting worse. It, you know it. It seems like this can of worms has been opened, and we have, a, as a collective society, are having a really difficult time talking to each other. So, do you have any advice on how do you talk to somebody that's on on, on the other side of where you're at? You know, well, how many safe zones can we set up? <laughs> well, once we. Uh, realize that we are on opposite sides and once we realize that the discussion is going nowhere my suggestion is to stop um, you can't change someone's mind if they're determined for whatever reason to hold their position so you might as well just try to keep it civil and 
agree to disagree. Heidi? Well, I sometimes start off those hard conversations or if I anticipate it's going to be a hard conversation by saying, we're just having a conversation. Because sometimes that takes the pressure off. Mm -hmm. I have to make you uh, come to my opinion. I have to make you believe what I'm saying. So if you just say, let's just have a conversation, that can sometimes ease that pressure. But I also agree that you're not going to change somebody's mind. And if things are getting very heated and out of control, it's time to say, you know what? I can't really talk with you about this anymore. I'm going to walk away <laughs> and leave it to that. <clears throat> have you have you actually like recommended to people who come in as clients that they knock off Facebook? I haven't yet. It's not. I, <clears throat> I have. I've done that numerous times, and any you know because it's not. <laughs> Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Twitter, there's all kinds of things. Right. I tell people, set aside the social media. Mm -hmm. Don't engage. Are, are, are people um, ruder nowadays than because of the pandemic? Or was this something that, you know... Hmm. That gets into politics. Well, we don't want to get into no. politics. Um. I, I might say this to that. You know, it seems to me, I grew up in the 50s, and yes, I'm aging myself, and that's okay. Um, you are. <laughs> but I think back then, people in general were more, I don't know if I would say, kinder but they were more polite they were more social mm -hmm. um uh what would it be social norms that people adhered to and i think over time not just with the pandemic but over time those have been eroded away mm -hmm. and people are ruder and people also think it's okay to say whatever i want to say and you know what? Sometimes it's not. Sometimes the best option is to keep your mouth shut mm -hmm. and your fingers off typing that text message or that <laughs> um, comment on Facebook or whatever it is. Because that first thought that we often have is not our best thought. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, let's let's try and put your your recommendation into practice then. If if you're a recipient of something like that and your typical reaction would be to react, I mean, mm -hmm. how, how would some act, someone act rather than react to make that a more uh, positive experience? Um, my reaction or my action, not yeah. my reaction, my action, my action would be to turn off my phone and set it down and walk away. Ignore it. Ignore it. Yes. Yeah. Ignore it. Don't feed it. Don't feed the beast. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't have to attend every fight I'm invited to. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's, so, so it's the community is gradually reopening now. There's got to be a lot of. Uh, there's there's got to be a lot of stress out there. There's got to be a lot of fear and anticipation of the unknown now. Of, uh, so how, if you're an employee of a facility, for instance, that is starting to re-engage with the community, you got any tips on people for um, dealing with the stress and managing the situation? That's a really difficult one because mm -hmm. some people are being, um, they have to go back to work because the business is opening. And if they don't go back to work, their unemployment benefits are going to be cut off. So that puts them in a very, very um, 
not good situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would think, and I'm not sure about, um, I did listen to the show you had about uh, what people needed, what businesses needed to do to reopen and some of the um, uh, precautions they had to take. And I don't know how strongly those are being enforced, but people need to protect themselves and wear masks and try to keep that social distancing as much as they can. Um, and for people in the community, I don't know, I'm not feeling a great need to run out and do a bunch of stuff right now. I'm kind of in a wait and, wait and see mode. Um, to see what's happening and um, where this is kind of all going. Um, so if people are feeling very stressed, like we talked about, reach out to your friends, talk to people. If you feel like you need help, more help than that, call Evelyn, call me, set up an appointment, talk to somebody. Um, you know, we're here to help. Um, there's also a lot of really great um, apps you can get on your phone that can help you with um, dealing with anxiety and depression and so pull up one of those apps and and use that there's a lot of tools out there now that people can use yeah in terms of the employees um it's a balancing act one has to balance how important it is to um, stay at your job and how safe you feel. Um, I think I think staying alive and uh, not having a job is far better, but that's my point of view. Um, I don't know. You have to feel good about whatever choices you make. Uh, employers are, um, many employers, are making an effort to keep their employees safe. Um, yours is, well, good. If yeah. you don't feel comfortable, you have to do what, in the end, uh, your problem-solving problem skills tell you to do. Well, this looks like we're in this for a long time. You know, if... All of the reports come out, even at an optimistic time, we're into this for six months to a year and a half. How, how do we manage the stress in for the long run? How do we keep ourselves, you know, sane through a shutdown that might last that long? I think we keep doing uh, what we did for the short term. And will adapt the new the new ways of doing things that we're doing now will become our normal we adjust to a new normal and we will adapt don't you see a sort of a, a release already though that after eight weeks nine weeks of this already people are tired of it and want to go back to the old normal sure but we can't. Well, uh, many of us feel that we can't. Yeah. Uh, they. Yeah. I agree. You know, it. We're in this for the long run, and we have to be flexible, and we have to adapt because we are not going to go back to the way things were before. Um, I listened to quite a few webinars that come through the clinic regarding um, what healthcare is gonna look like in the future and how things are going right now. And um, just the other day I was listening to one and uh, the message is telehealth is here to stay. And no matter that we open up our clinics again or Evelyn opens up her private office, we still may be um, using telehealth um, in some form um, to treat our patients. 
So that's that's one change that is established and is going to continue. Um, you know, there's many others. And I think being trying to be flexible, trying to be adaptive is what's going to help us. Resistance is not really going to work in this case. Resistance I mean, is futile. <laughs> in the long run, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at nature, those species that survive are the ones who can adapt. Good That's point. Us. So if we behave like a cockroach, we're good. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Well, cockroaches <laughs> have been around, been and around. they'll be around. <laughs> There's some of them in the flats. I know that. Um, <laughs> Dr. Kohler said something really interesting yesterday about how there are real benefits to tele telehealth and telemedicine, and there there there's positives. I look at this from what you said earlier, though, is this is not necessarily a positive thing for the counseling industry, though. Uh, and if your initial foray into counseling was because of the interpersonal relationship of it and the person-to-person -person contact, are, are we not looking at, like, a different kind of counselor in the future? And who would be... Um, who would want to go into counseling now if you don't have that kind of interaction? But interaction is happen happening more on the web now than person to person uh, in general. Uh, friends get together on, on Facebook or whatever. Um, people text each other. People insult each other on the web. Um, I think we'll have a different kind of counselors coming up, therapists coming up in the ranks will be used to this. And there'll still be a personal connection, but it won't be the same. You can care for people and care about people um, over the internet, over tele, telemed. Um, it's not the same, but you can do it. I feel like I'm in a sci-fi movie, though. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I felt like that for years, though. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all about perception, Mike. Well, there you go. And so... So by closing, I think I would just like to thank you and ask Evelyn to please wake up with a different perspective tomorrow morning so we can have a nice weekend. I'll work on it, Mike. <laughs> uh, thank you, ladies, for both coming in today. I appreciate it. It was an interesting discussion. I hope the listening audience got something out of it. <laughs> thank you, Mike. We'll be back again. We'll be back again tomorrow with another edition of the Lowdown. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you.